Welcome back to the Metric Stack Podcast and to season three, where we're speaking with thought leaders about the emerging metrics layer. Straight from Stockholm, Sweden, I'm joined today by Johan Baltzar, co-founder and CEO at Steep, a newer, faster way for teams to understand business metrics. Johan and his co-founder Nino Hoagland bring with them years of experience from companies such as PayPal and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Alan Ville, co-founder and CEO at Clifolio. Johan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alan. It's uh, it's great to be here. Awesome. That sounds great. So listen, Johan, why don't we why don't we start with a little bit of context? So maybe sort of an opening question, you know, who who are you? Uh, tell us a little bit about Steep and and then we'll sort of get into into some of the meat of the uh, of today's uh, episode. Sounds good. All right, so I, I guess about myself. So I'm an analytics leader. I think uh, I started at Spotify 10 years ago. Uh, it was back when, you know, uh, Spotify has just launched in the US, I think, and and built up a, a, an analytics team there, worked closely with product, product development. And I think I'd like to say I, I'm basically doing the same thing over and over, right? So I was at Spotify, then I went to a place called Settle, which eventually got acquired by PayPal for $2 billion. Uh, and after that, I went to another European unicorn called... Uh, you, you you sort of just skipped over. It was acquired for $2 billion? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so just it's, a small change. Yeah, a small change. No, so I've been, I've been lucky enough to, uh, to you know, uh, hit some of those nice European unicorns, uh, which has been, been amazing. Uh, Very cool. I had the... the uh, been fortunate enough to work with a lot of lot of great people, I think, through the years, and uh, and that's where I met uh, Nino, my current co-founder, actually. So he was there for, I was just there for a stint at at Settle, uh, and he was there for the entire journey, uh, founding team too, and actually stayed on a couple of years after they they got acquired by by PayPal, uh, which was an interesting journey, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure, right? So. Uh, so yeah, of course. It's uh, so Stockholm is a nice place to to work in the in the in the tech scene. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of cool things happening. Uh, after after settled, I moved on to a place called Kry K R Y. It's another uh, European unicorn uh, focused on telemedicine, um, similar to Oscar Health or, or something like that. I think. And likewise, were you doing sort of part of the analytics team or the data team? Uh, was that part of that gig? Yeah, exactly. So. You know, me. It was basically me moving there to kind of build up the whole data and analytics practice uh, from scratch. Um, um, so I built up a team of thirty people, doing everything from data engineering to kind of internal machine learning, a lot of kind of forecasting and staffing optimization. But then we did a lot of business analysis, like a lot of BI, uh, and we hired. I think I hired some, you know, twenty-five analysts. Uh, to to service everyone across the company, so yeah, everything from marketing to operations. Yeah, and you and and for the for the audience that of of course can't see Johan, he had a, he had a sort of a strange smile when he said he hired a lot of business analysts. I can just imagine, like, are you hiring all these business analysts because there's just an overwhelming requirement for everybody to get reports after reports after reports, and there's no good self service. Well, I think you're you're onto something, Alan. So I think <laughs> okay. I mean, so I like to say, you know, I've been doing the same thing over and over again, kind of coming in and be like, hey, we know how to do this. You know, every tech company needs to be data driven, and now everyone understands that. And there's a lot of managers out there who have the experience of using data, 
So they kind of come in and say like, hey, I need data to do my job, you know? And otherwise I'm flying blind, you know, I don't know what they're doing. So we need, of course, like a strong foundation. We need to invest in a data stack and then kind of analytics practice. So that's been what I've kind of bring to the table, the the experience of like, how do you do that? How do you hire and train a bunch of people? To- it's it's so strange because I remember going to Gartner conferences, uh, you know, the, the big BI summit uh, years ago and, and reading reading all sorts of analyst reports. And every year consistently, BI and data seemed to be very, very high on the investment level. Like every company was investing in data and business intelligence. And yet the thing that we haven't cracked yet is that only 20% of users are actually adopting BI. And, and even that, I think, is probably an exaggeration. So something, something's not quite working with traditional BI. No, for sure, 100%. I mean, I, and I've been, I've been at it a couple of times, right? And I think that was, you know, that was the thing for me. I became kind of frustrated with. So on the one hand, you have the, the whole kind of data engineering practice, like the data stack now compared to 10 years ago, it's amazing. Like, you know, it's, it's just completely changed. You know, it's like cloud services, it's cheap, it's efficient, it's scalable. We used to talk about big data and we don't need to talk about it anymore because it's a solved problem, right? So it's less talking and just more doing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is amazing. You know, at, at Spotify, I remember we, we ran our own Hadoop cluster, you know, a thousand nodes and it was it was a big technical challenge and now you can just pay you know google cloud and they will solve the problem for you so so that's amazing right so i've seen this change but on on the other hand then you have like okay now we have a bunch of data and we want an entire company of you know 100 to 500 people all using data you know every day uh you know that's the dream and that's what everyone wants uh but how do you do that like how do you get it out from your data warehouse and make it useful for for everyone so so let's so let's so let's pause there, right? Because at some point, at some point, you and, and Nino were like, "Enough is enough. Like we've got to do something about this." So so how did how did Steep? How did this? What was the the kernel of inspiration that got you guys moving? No, exactly. And I was kind of waiting for like, hey, you know, better tool needs to be coming, you know. And I, I tried them all basically. I tried all the all the traditional BI practices, and I, I, I ran them in in professional settings, and. And, uh, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think to me, like what I realized was the whole paradigm is broken, I think. And we're still stuck in this old paradigm, the old way of doing BI, where you have a ton of specialists who are, you know, smart people, great people, and they are basically building dashboards and report for everyone else. And all the end users out there, like if they, when they need to get their hands on some data, they have to kind of go looking through that big mess of old dashboards and reports and try to find the one that kind of suits their needs right and and it's it's not flexible it's not user friendly and it's usually quite a mess yeah and and that mess is getting bigger i mean the more data the more the tooling actually gets easier the more the mess is getting bigger 100% so so you see people you know they start out with a bi tool and it's easy in the beginning and you throw up some dashboards and reports and then over time, you know, you know, once people get, you know, they want more data, you know, the endless requests starts coming in, right? So I hear this all the time now that we go around and and talk to to data teams, and I've been there myself. You know, you just have like the endless flood of requests kind of coming in over Slack of just like, oh, I need this, I can't find this, or can I trust this number, or you know, why is this number a little bit different from that number? You know, once you start to have a lot of dashboards 
they you know consistency starts to slip uh, and and it's all kind of if you take a step back it's kind of due to the way we're doing this right so it's very kind of the old way is very kind of low level and manual so if you're looking at other kind of engineering practices you know we talk about don't repeat yourself mm-hmm. you know put kind of definitions centrally uh you know trying to be more and more efficient with everything that you're doing and with bi unfortunately i think we're stuck stuck in the past i think we're 10 or 20 years behind other you know o- other fields and we need to we need to catch up basically okay so that's so that's what you're doing this is this is steep this is steep in a nutshell this is the problem that you're trying to solve yeah, hundred percent. So we, we, I got super excited about this idea of working with the semantic layer, and that was like two or three years ago. Uh, so we were exploring this crazy idea, and now it's becoming more of a thing, more of a movement, which is which is awesome. Um, uh, and to me, I mean, the like we need to move to a new way of working. We need it to be more efficient, more systematic, and most importantly, we need it to be more flexible and way, way more user-friendly for all the roles across a company because that's where the value is in data. Like, it doesn't matter if you've invested and you have a bunch of data in a data warehouse, like you can talk about being data-driven, but if if this is not kind of ever-present for all roles and in all kind of processes throughout your company, then like you've lost the value basically, right? So, so let's talk. Let's talk about that for a little bit. And 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 I know that before when we were exchanging emails, we talked a little about a little bit about this changing relationship between the end users or the the, the consumers, the decision makers, and the data teams. And you've already you've already described the the frustration that they, the data team is getting endless requests. Right? They really want to they want to manage other things and and make sure that there's good governance and quality. You know the decision makers; they don't trust the data, et cetera, et cetera. You know this is the traditional way of doing things that has existed now for twenty or thirty years. So, how do you see this semantic layer or metrics layer changing the relationship? Because I think that that's key. That is really key. Sort of making sure that 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 divide becomes aligned. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and I think you know the the analysts out there aren't happy about being bottlenecks. I think you know most of them want to be more efficient and want to maybe do cooler stuff with their time. You know, either being systematic or doing more deeper work. And I think the cool thing, what we've learned now, we've spent more than two years just doing the semantic layer, been using it ourselves, been using it with together with our early customers, and what we're seeing is. There's this shift in roles, right? So the you as a data specialist, talking broadly about like the different data roles out there, your job when you know you kind of go fully all in on the semantic layer, this new way of working, your job becomes more of building up the data stack, building up kind of the structure of your data, the architecture, and spending way more time on defining metrics, kind of thinking through the metrics framework for your company. So, you know, what are, you know, the the key metrics? What are the second tier metrics? What are the drivers to those metrics, right? And in like not having too many, but not have but still have enough that every kind of function of your company has enough metrics to understand what's important to them and have clarity on what they own, you know. If we're doing if we're improving, what are the metrics that we should be improving, right? So, so what do we set targets on? So the the 
So you you, you kind of see like the instead of kind of serving serving uh, folks, you know, you, you kind of set the system in place for everyone else to do more themselves. Right. So the so the data teams are able to build more of a a platform as opposed to be a services organization. Exactly. And then on the on the end user side, the really cool thing is that you know when you you don't you know you're not kind of having to go dig through you know a pile of dashboards or and you don't have to learn sql you can instead go to a nice catalog a library of predefined metrics and then you can start digging through there and you have all the flexibility you need it's it's this kind of common language across the company so you can kind of easily find what you need and you can have the full flexibility to solve your own problems and then that becomes a platform for actually collaborating across different different roles across your company. So I mean, this is this is a vision that we share with you as well. I mean, we've been thinking about this this divide as well, and and why why are the end users frustrated and not trusting the data that they see? Why are the the data teams frustrated and not able to sort of work on governance and data quality? So a hundred percent, this semantic layer we really hope will simplify that relationship. The end users will have this catalog of things that they can use and manage and, and, and even potentially build derivative calculated, you know, second generation metrics from because it's trusted on the, on the, the fundamentals. Um, anyway, so I do, have, I do have a question because the one thing that we notice is when we're talking with uh, decision makers and, and business end users, they're not using and thinking about metrics yet. When we talk to them, they're still thinking about, I want a dashboard or I want a report. They're not thinking as, you know, the atomic element, the metric being the atomic element. So how do we, how do, how do all of us, how do, how do we overcome that idea that we need to educate end users on thinking specifically about metrics as, as first class citizens? Yeah, no, I think you're, you're spot on there. And you can kind of see. I think it's it's a it's because we've had this paradigm for so long. So it's you know your executives out there, they're just like, no, I want the dashboard. You know, that's what I'm asking for. And and some of the analysts, that's what they've been trained to do. You know, I, I've been building reports for everyone for for ten years. So so we're I think we're all a little bit stuck in in our ways. Um, so I'm not sure I have a great solution for you yet. I think it's it, it, it's I think it when people experience it for themselves, the ability to be like, oh, I have the full catalog. I can just go in, I can just click on everything and mm -hmm. then I can explore freely myself. Like, I don't need to request anything for Slack. Like, I don't need to dig up an old report. I can just do stuff myself and well, we can and actually collaborate on this. I think I think seeing is believing here. Yeah, and I think perhaps some of it is is understanding that even if even if you've requested a dashboard, this is now a new generation of dashboard. This dashboard is made up of, of metrics that are trusted. They all have a, a common global definition. Uh, and, and this metric here on this dashboard is the same as the report that I asked for over here, right? So when we come into a meeting, and I can see that if I drill into this metric, it has a certain lineage and I can trust it. So I, I think the, 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 the idea of asking for dashboards and reports, that's going to be a long-term ask for the business users. But I think if we can say, well, yes, we're dashboards, but we're, we're better. 
we're, we're, we have better trust, better lineage, better single source of truth. That's what we're trying to, you know, get through here. So, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do as well, right? But, but you're absolutely right. The idea of this semantic layer that, that increases this relationship between the data team and the business end user, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Yes, I think so. And I think like the, the end result of this, to me, what I'm seeing is you will need, you will basically, I think we will need fewer analysts doing the basic things over and over again, which that's what we're kind of stuck with today. You know, you, you need to service, you know, all those requests, but it's, it's a lot of the basic things over and over again, you know, writing queries and, and building visualizations. Based, based on your based on your experience working for large organizations and being part of the data team and, and looking forward at, at what this semantic and metrics layer is doing, do you think there's going to be, do you think these tools are going to replace the traditional tools or do you think we're going to live alongside, you know, SciSense and, and Tableau and Power BI? Um, what, what, do, what do you think the future environment is going to be for most of these business teams? I think when we started out two years ago, I was kind of like mm, on the fence. I was like, maybe this is like a, a nice addition, you know, flexible way for for you know managers to to solve some of their problems. But I think with two years experience now of like trying this out and you know, it like really kind of pushing it to the limit of like how flexible and how powerful can can this type of solution be, I'm it, you know, it's it's very clear to me. I think this will this will replace the old way of working. This is the new way of doing BI. I think full stop. And it, and is it the new is it the new way because it it truly is the single source of truth? I th I think to me the single source of truth and the system is you know the a big source of the value. That's the foundation. But I think the big powerful thing is that we're unlocking all the all the business users all the end users out there that they can now solve their own questions and they will have more questions and they will want to do more things and once they kind of get the freedom to be like hey this is just like notion or this is just mm -hmm. like figma if you're a designer or you know once you get to that level of quality when it becomes you know for the kind of the end user tooling uh then i think there's no going back you know this will this will be yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push back. I'm gonna push back on that. Do you think that's Do you think that's true for a non-technical business end user as well as a data analyst? So a data analyst, you know, they want to use R. They want to use uh, SPSS. Um, you know, they want to use something that they're very familiar with, but they still need trusted data. Do you think they're going to use this new generation of tools? Do you think there's going to be a new generation of R that, you know, reads in, you know, trusted, you know, metric level data? Or, or do you think there is going to be different audiences that do, in fact, use different tools? Like, I'm, I'm, and I'm talking, I'm talking consumption tools, you know? So, you know, if the architecture is data warehouse, semantic layer, you know, consumption tool, you know, what does that consumption future look like? Yeah, and let, let's unpack this a little bit here because one question I think is between like the like business analysis versus kind of like deeper, more kind of data science analysis, uh, if you will. So I think there will always be kind of a, a line where it's like, when do you use a BI type of tool? 
what kind of analysis is that good for? And that's usually good for, you know, 95% of all the questions in your company, all the reporting, you know, all the kind of operational stuff, right? And then you get to deeper question, harder questions, you know, where you're looking at, you know, correlation, you're forecasting the future or whatever. And then you will probably want to have like a proper data scientist using R or, you know, a Python notebook or or, or Hex or, or something like that, right? So I think that's that will still be true, I think, in the future. It's hard mm-hmm. to build a tool that does both of those jobs really well. Uh, and then the other question is like, yes, I think I think you're right when it become when it comes to like uh, like how does the semantic layer fit in if you do have different tools or different roles? And I think we will move to a place where you will want to have your definitions in one place, mm-hmm. which is still a challenge, I think, you know, and uh, obviously, since we're seeing a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things bubbling, I think, in the semantic layer ecosystem, right? So you have pure kind of infrastructure, layers you know people who come with the approach like your cube js or your your uh, dbt semantic layer right who kind of view this as a as an infrastructure problem like a layer in the data stack and then you have folks like i mean like steep or 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 you guys who are kind of more thinking about the end user experience and the tooling side of things but i think we need to converge on a place where you could actually have your definitions in one place and hook up different tools to those same definitions. I think that's where we need to end up. But we, I think we still have some work to do when it comes to kind of aligning on standards and, you know, building up better APIs to to make that happen. Yeah, and I think I think that word standards is probably a massive piece of the puzzle moving forward. So where do those definitions live? Um, is it a standard? Is it a pseudo standard that, you know, Looker may have a certain standard, DBT may have a certain standard, are they compatible? So I, I completely agree because at some point, yes, I think I think Steep and 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 Clipfolio, we're interested, we're we're actually very good at that end user layer. But how do we make sure that whatever the end users are consuming is also consumable by the data teams and the analysts and and those that potentially want to have different tools? And and, and let's go even let's go even a little further. Uh, what about machines in the future? Um, if if we have good trusted defined data, is is the future as much about making sure that the end users have a tool that they can trust? as well as machines? How, how important do you think machine cons- consumption is going to be in the future? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it, it's, it's going to be huge. I think we're, we're kind of naturally more thinking about people. That's kind of where our passion lies, you know, in building, you know, using in the machine capabilities, mm-hmm. all the models to build better tools for people and making people super super efficient but i think you're absolutely right i mean there's a there's some awesome possibilities of kind of connecting you know all sorts of services uh to to those kind of trusted definitions and and being able to kind of you know automatically trigger things or have models be running and feeding off the same source of truth and i think that's that's an interesting future as well uh but i i would say i mean the the passion here is is definitely on on kind of supercharging people if if we can. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that BI has been interested in for the past 30 years and has not been able to crack yet. So so yeah, if we can supercharge people, um I like the sound of that. Um 
you know, ultimately, there's still a lot of people that have to make good decisions every day, and and right now they're struggling, right? So, yeah, I think that's I think that's important. I think the the way we see the future is that you know using data is becoming like this new standard. You know, it's like it's expected. Like if you're in a modern tech company, any kind of digital company, this is part of your normal or should be part of your normal everyday work. You know, and maybe not super advanced stuff, but just basic stuff, just like you know, what is the impact of what I'm doing, kind of measuring and see what our users are doing or how our business is behaving. So I think with that in mind, with more kind of companies becoming digital, uh, with more managers getting experience and using data, you know, it's it's just going to be an explosion. And, and you know, I think the old paradigm just, you know, it's not working today and we work worse and worse. So we kind of we kind of have to move to to something more efficient and better. How how ready do you think most um, you know? Let's take let's take sort of a let's not let's ignore the huge huge companies um, because I think they're building their own tools, um, and let's ignore the super small companies because there's there's not enough data maturity. But sort of the the mid sized company, you know, like a a two hundred fifty person company, four hundred person company. Do do you, do you find that they're their stack is ready. Do you think technically they are ready to start putting a semantic layer in place and start thinking about this? Do they have the rigor or is even their data layer a complete mess? How, how, how homogenous is this? I, I think, I think, yeah, you, 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 um... There's a lot of different cases out there. I, when when <laughs> yeah. we're out talking, yeah, there, there and really there's is. Some who's just like would be happy to just get some data in the database and uh, have yeah, it yeah, be updated. Yeah, yeah. The 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 number of times that I I talk to a, a big company, a mature company that's doing well, and they're still using Excel in some way, uh, it it just it blows my mind, right? So 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 what so what are you seeing, or or what's what would be the best case scenario? So I I think for me, what I guess what we're seeing is that like you do. There's this conception, I think, when you talk to some data folks, when you talk, start talking about the semantic layer, that, oh, I need to go back and kind of restructure my entire data warehouse before I can even start thinking about a semantic layer. I need to have this perfect structure, right? Um, but I don't think that's necessarily true, right? So I think the, the cool thing is that you can kind of start where you're at. Like mm -hmm. you can just like sync over your backend data kind of sync it over to BigQuery or Snowflake, start defining your metrics from there. It doesn't have to be this super fancy, you know, super engineered, perfect structure, because you will probably never get there, you know, I think is the truth, right? So, so probably start from where you are with kind of good enough data and good enough data structure. And the nice thing is that the, with the semantic layer approach, you automatically get like a pretty nice, you kind of end up with a pretty nice structure, right? So the the metrics, even if they're, their technical definition might be a little bit wonky because you have your data is weirdly structured, but at least it's in one place, you know, and it's it's cataloged, it's described, it's the same everywhere. So you kind of end up in a better place from where you started, right? So I think that's that would be my 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 recommendation for most data teams out there is like don't wait for the perfect data architecture, but kind of start start providing you know definitions and providing value from mm. from where you are. Yeah, and I think that goes for almost any BI project. Um, you know, don't try to boil the ocean. You know, start start with something actionable. Um, start here, evaluate it, refine it, test it. So, and I I agree with you. I think most most companies have a messier data infrastructure um, than than they'd like to admit. 
Now, on the other hand, there's also a number of very qualified data teams that consider the data warehouse that single source of truth. Um, you know, and, and in many cases, they've invested quite a bit of energy making sure that, you know, the data catalog, um, the definitions, all of that lineage and quality and, and, and governance is, is, is really invested in the data warehouse. Um, do you think there's going to be, is, is this a point of resistance in moving to a semantic layer? Like, are they, are they saying to themselves, wait a moment, the, the data warehouse is the single source of truth. I don't want to have something else as well. Or do you think this is a stepping stone that will actually make things a lot easier? Look, I think I think data, like you know, providing, getting the value out of data to an entire company is like this this value chain, like this this process going from raw data in different systems somewhere, collecting it, structuring it, making sure you have operations in place to keep it fresh. And then, you know, several steps in kind of getting it out there and providing value to to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the semantic layer is has been this kind of missing piece in that process. So it doesn't replace, I think, the data warehouse practice of structuring your data. It's rather this kind of add-on in that process, this kind of gap that I've struggled with. So I've I've been that person, right? I've been the the data architecture, data warehouse person who is who is you know telling my team to you know let's make sure that we have at least like a decent data architecture in place you know talking star schema and kimball and yeah, facts yeah, yeah. and dims and making sure you know all that good stuff uh, and then be like cool now we made all this effort and like we have decent enough you know tables and you know we could we could ship those tables to to the, our end users and they could use those tables themselves and then you find that you're kind of stuck in your bubble like hey wait not not everyone is into SQL, you know, or SQL, uh, and not everyone is like actually good at producing data visualizations. And it turns out that like yeah, like we spend our time all day long looking at our data model and you know polishing it, but but everyone else is just like you know they don't have time to understand the data model at all. So I think that's where the that's where the gap is in kind of getting it out to normal people doing you know being busy doing their normal jobs. It's just like they don't have to, even if they can learn SQL, which they really shouldn't have to, uh, they don't have time to kind of dig into your data model and figure out, oh, I should be, you know, going through this table and picking that column and joining in that up with that table. It's so easy to go wrong. It, it's so hard to kind of wrap your head around what that is and, and keeping that up to date. It 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 all comes back to what what was the phrase that you used supercharging the people right like it all comes back down to that and you're right i think there's been a tremendous amount of advances in in cloud data in in processing horsepower in in architecture all on the data side but very very little advancement on actually making this stuff consumable and trustworthy from the end user side um l- listen second second last question and then we're going to wrap it up um as far as data literacy goes, and, and if you guys are passionate about making sure that the end users have got finally stuff that they understand that can make better decisions with, are we making, are we making is, is the semantic layer going to help with data literacy and understanding the data? Yeah, I think so. I think like once you actually, you know, get this into the hands of people and they can explore themselves and they can do more stuff themselves, I think that will help a lot. I think people are really super smart and capable, you know, but 
they haven't, you know, they, they have a job to do. They're they're kind of busy professionals, right? So so I think data literacy previously it's been too hard. Like it's like I don't have time to, you know, learn SQL and you know, or 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 kind of, you know, learn this kind of hard profession. I just need to get some results out. And now if we do have a way of working and tools to help people actually get what they need, I think data literacy will kind of come along and maybe it will be more kind of less data literacy and more kind of metric literacy and analysis literacy, to be honest, right? Because, you know, we need to kind of level up our abstractions here and not have people kind of go all the way back into data, but rather kind of work on on this new level, which I think we can do now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, and I think if we can, if the semantic layer can help people not only understand the definitions of the the measures and the dimensions, but also understand that this is how it's the data is aggregated and, you know, it's consistent. Like that's the other beauty about this metrics layer. Every single metric should behave exactly the same, right? So it's not it's not learning every time a new construct. So every time it's simple, it's the same, it's consistent. They're, they're building blocks, right? So, No, 100%. And I see this again and again. I think is it, all the companies I've been at is this constant drain on, you know, on the usefulness of data. It's just like, like can I trust these numbers? Like, why yeah. are they a little bit different? And these are the old version of that. And like, why are they different? And what has changed? And and I think it's, it's an underappreciated thing, like... Because people always kind of assume that it it should be consistent. Of course, like I'm lo- looking at numbers in a report, like it should be good, and it turns out, you know, most of the case, it's it's not good. Like it's it's not hundred percent consistent. Um, yeah. So I think like just kind of having that in place as a foundation for collaboration, and you know, spending less time kind of worrying about if I can use these numbers, and more spending all that time on just using the numbers and just like you know, collaborating on them. Yeah. And, and, and Johan, I mean, when, when we go out and we talk to people about, you know, p- power metrics and our, our metric centric approach and, and we say, Hey, have you, do you want to have a, a semantic layer or a metrics layer? And they say, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But when we, when we, when we say, how often have you walked into a meeting and everybody has different numbers, that really does seem to be a, a very, very common case. So 100%, let's, let's solve that problem moving forward. So listen, closing, closing thoughts. Um, for a team that is currently using sort of a traditional approach, you know, they have a traditional stack, they, they may be using traditional um, uh, tooling, uh, they have end users that have behaviors, you know, asking the, the analysts for reports. Like, where would you start? What, what, is, what is the first thing that you would say you should start thinking about? Obviously, the answer is to contact either Clifolio or Steep, right? But uh... for sure, I mean that's where you start, right? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but I think besides that, I think it's and and I you know there's something I, I I often advise people you know companies that want to get better at actually using their data, you know it's like we'll start thinking about start thinking about metrics and start kind of defining your first kind of metrics framework. Which sounds fancy, but it's really just you can just start at like what are the top five metrics that we can use to understand our business and understand if we're growing and if we're growing profitably, if we're moving in the right right direction at all, right? 
So start kind of from the top, just defining three to five top metrics, and then start to kind of think about like, cool, like we want this metric to move, but how do we move it, right? So go one layer deeper and start thinking about what are the, the health metrics that kind of drives that metric, right? And then start putting some definitions, technical definitions around that, and then make sure that you actually have data so you can you can produce those metrics and hopefully automatically, right? So, so kind of start with thinking about more about kind of definitions and people and tar- targets and ambitions. So I think making sure you you kind of approach this from the the human and the business side of things and not just from the data side of things, if that makes sense. Johan, I, I totally love it. So everybody, Johan, CEO, co-founder at Steep on supercharging humans who actually can make better decisions with metrics. Uh, Johan, again, super happy to have you on the show. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure, Alan. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed today's conversation about metrics and data, be sure to check out Metric HQ, our online resource for the metrics that matter most to you and your business.